0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. What's up, guys? It's the 3M Podcast. My name is Charlie. My
1: name is Sean.
0: And today we don't have DJ. He's like at a dinner or something. Yeah, it's weird, bro. Uh, so in his place, we have. Read. Oh <laughs> hey, uh, you know, yeah, Reed, brother. From episode Thailand. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Uh but yeah, great episode. Anyway, uh three AM comedy horror podcasts. We tell scary stories, we tell funny stories. <laughs> uh this is like the first three AM of the new year.
1: Yeah. We've we done some three PMs, y'all have heard those, but this is the first 3 a.m. Yeah, and it's not really
0: official, official because not everyone's
1: here, but... Oh, yeah, that's
0: right, dude. It's as good as you're going to get. Uh, thank you, everyone, who showed us love over the holidays, who sent in. We got, like, a ton of stuff from listeners. Shout out my mom. She sent us a ton of candy. <laughs> Bro,
1: like, I was getting a new package every day. Yeah. I was like, who's sending this stuff to the 3 a.m. boys? Yeah. And I'd be opening it, like, oh, hell yeah, races. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, Yerba Mate's.
0: Dude, she got way fancy and got us Ferrero Rocher. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So, shout out, Mom. Shout out, Sam. He got us, like, a murder mystery game where you have to, like, find the killer or something like that. So, yeah. we're excited to do that. Reed, tell us a little bit
2: about yourself. Um, childhood friend of Charles. Been living in Utah for, I think, six years now. Um, Nothing, nothing, really. Nothing's news. Grew up in Oregon, lived in Thailand. Yeah, I uh, Thai. I uh, was born in California, then kind of hopped around. Went to high school in Oregon, then went on my my mission in Thailand. So, mom's from Thailand, so that's a huge part of my life. So, trying to eat Thai food all the time.
1: <laughs> so, like to be honest though, like if I had to pick one cuisine to eat for the rest of my life, Thai would be like right up there with either one or two
0: yeah it might be my one it might be i think thai's my one indian food's my two
2: i uh i know i feel like super lucky that i got to live in thailand because a lot of other people are like it's a rule of the dice right when you get called on a mission like where you go And, like, a lot of people just don't eat good food. And I was, like, literally stoked every day, my entire mission. Like, I was just like, oh, lunch, man. Like, I'm so excited. Dude, I ate, like, uh, ground beef
0: and ketchup for two years. Yeah. Like, that's what Australians eat. They eat trash food. Sausage sizzles is like a, they just, like, grill sausages and they taste weird. Yo, but did you have to eat spaghetti with ketchup? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You might have
2: me beat. Filipinos are wild. Southeast Asia and red sauce. They just. Don't yeah, they F's with it. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, real quick, what's happened since we've gone? the Gislaine? Gislane. How do you say it, bro? Gis <laughs> or Giz? Or
2: I thought it was just Ghislaine. G- 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 because it's French? I don't know. Ghislaine? I know. <laughs>
0: I
1: have no idea. Anyway, she was found guilty, but then... She hasn't been suicided yet.
0: But they're having like another trial, because after the verdict, one of the jurors was like... Oh, I was uh, a victim of sexual assault when I was a kid, and then they're like, "Well, that warrants a mistrial." So they're like, "Oh gonna
3: my start it gosh, again. <laughs> dude, yeah, that's crazy,
0: fun times." Uh, I'm on TikTok. Have you guys ever been on TikTok?
2: <laughs> the only TikToks I get are through Instagram. So I'm <laughs> yeah. not on the app. Yeah, once they make it to Reels, dude. Yeah, I stayed
0: super strong. I'm pretty adamantly against TikTok for because it's a an invasive app. Like it is insanely it collects all your data and it's just it's pretty sketch anyway so i've like been pretty adamantly against it didn't download it for like two and a half years and then my work was like hey you need to know the trends on tiktok so you got to download so i did and dude i 100 percent understand people's addiction like within 15 20 minutes i was like fully addicted and then like i tried looking at ig i tried looking at youtube and i was like none of these are as good as tiktok just how fast and how easily served up everything is it's insane Hmm. but within like an hour tiktok had me down so all of my tiktoks are like world star hip-hop tiktoks or straight up crazy conspiracy theories, (laughs) and i am quickly slipping into like a lunatic a lunatic (laughs) little tinfoil uh, hat over (laughs) here (laughs) yes dude i like know so many random things about so many random like i had my aunt and cousin over for dinner the other day and we were just chatting and i don't know how or why we got into conspiracy theories and like 15 minutes later i was like please shut up like i was just going off on everything (laughs) it's like stop talking stop and i couldn't dude so anyway, it's an issue. It might taint or color my content for a while moving <laughs> forward because now all I can see is conspiracy theories. So sorry, listeners.
2: But that's me. Yeah, I don't even think I know what like the actual interface looks like. Oh, dude, let's pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> they did this on flagrant too and they like swipe for like two minutes and they're like, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> I like, forgot they're doing. A, uh, let's see. So is that just like your homepage? Yeah, you straight yeah, up, just, just open, keep it, scrolling. And it's your I thing. think,
0: huh? And it will just serve you stuff. So this is some weird hip hop conspiracy theory. No.
2: Yeah. Nice.
0: I'm like weirdly into like black conspiracy theories. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all about like MLK, oh, yeah. Malcolm X, and rappers, dude. There's everyone's. There's so many people who are convinced rappers
1: are clones. And it's it's so
0: Clones? weird. I could see yeah. that bro. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I let's, stay not, let's not away, get dude. into it, dude. Yeah, let's not <laughs> with, get the amount, into it. with the amount I watch X Files, dude, I would get too deep too fast. <laughs> Question. Huh.
0: Have you ever had uh, an interaction where you met someone where you immediately
1: like didn't want to live anymore? Uh because it was so awkward? Oh. <laughs> Bro, I do that regularly. I'm just an awkward person.
2: Like, how do you guys greet people when you meet them? Depends. I'm pretty – I don't want to put myself out there right away because I'm nervous. I'm just, like, trying to keep it cool. Like, hey, what's up? What's up? Yeah.
0: Sometimes it's weird. You go in for, like, a fist bump and they shake your hand. Oh. Or, you know, when I was living in Australia, all these dudes from Utah would try to greet, like, Polynesians with, like – Trying to give them, like, a them up. Like, they would, yeah, they would come in like this. And I was always like, oh, that's so weird. What's up, dog? Their hand all cocked. Like, they were going to, like, Jeez. do this and, like, do a bro hug from the side. <laughs> uh, in Hawaii, you're supposed to kiss on the cheek. Hell yeah. I remember yeah. when, the first time we went to Hawaii, DJ was telling us that, like, right before we met one of his girlfriends. And he was like, this is how you greet. You got to do it like this. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, how do I do this? <laughs> Um, I'm just handshake, dude. That's it. <laughs> Sean's like super outstretched handshake. <laughs> uh, one of my coworkers hugs, but he, and the way he hugs is everyone usually puts their head to the right when they hug, or the left, <laughs> the left. Yeah, he puts his head to the right. Ugh. so like the first six times I saw him, I almost like kissed him on the lips. <laughs> and his reasoning was he wants to hug heart to heart, so like left side to left side. I was like, okay, but he ruined Here's like, the thing, my interactions though. with people. If you're going to change it up, it's your responsibility <laughs> yeah. to let others
1: know you're changing it up.
0: Dude, no, he just he just lets <laughs> you fail right almost into his face. <laughs> uh, the other day, my boss was in the office. He's kind of a, he's a, he's a big shot, like he's rarely in the office. Mm-hmm. Your face time with him is minimal to none. And so, like, every interaction you have with them is pretty important. Like, people really care about it. And, uh, oh, oh, man. <laughs> he was, like, walking through saying hi to people. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there. And I'm going to greet greet this man. <laughs> oh, So, he's, like, standing there. And I'm like, hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> and he's like, hey. And I go in for, like, <laughs> a side. He doesn't really do it he kind of hits my hand and then i what ended up happening is i just sort of hugged him (laughs) and he stood there and i was like and i left and uh he left the room and it was just really quiet and i sat there and i was like did anyone just see how awkward and all of my coworkers were like bro that was rough and i was like to my superior i was like dude uh i can't work here anymore This this is my official two weeks it was the worst interaction I've had in a very long time, <laughs> and I cannot stop thinking about it. <laughs> but anything like that, you two like just want
1: to die?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, hmm. And it's fine if you don't.
1: I just needed to get that off my chest. <laughs> you know, the safe one though is fist bump, dude. Like a fist bump is <sighs> the safest,
0: yeah. And I because guess it's
1: if like- they mess it up, that's on them, true. And you're not going for a hug. It's just like for future mm. reference. Do you ever
0: have like standoffs?
1: Standoffs?
0: Where it's like you go in for fist bump and they're kind of like this and you just wait until one of you. No, dude. I've had that. It sucks. <laughs> and I usually don't. I don't shift. I just sit there and wait.
1: Oh, then you make
0: it awkward <laughs> Oh yeah.
1: Be like uh, switching up real quick. All right. Anyway, I just wanted,
0: I wanted to <laughs> tell you all about that and wanted to die. Guys, this is going to be a short episode tonight because we're leaving for Hawaii in a couple days all of us it's gonna yeah. be fun super yeah. stoked we're trying to go to morgan's corner which is uh, the haunted place in, in on oahu do you know morgan's corner no i can't remember the cliffs
2: oh i know what you're talking
0: about yeah yeah
1: okay like what the cliffs are called
0: yeah i want to say like the nepali cliff but that doesn't feel right negative okay. i think that's maui yeah that's the nepali coast I don't know. <laughs> that
1: is Nepali Coast,
0: and that's on. Who cares? It's all the same, right?
1: Yeah, we're gonna definitely know when we get back too. So,
0: <laughs> anyway, Morgan's Corner is where, in one day, thousands and thousands of Hawaiian
1: warriors oh, fell the to their death. Oh, the Nuuanu poly lookout.
0: So, poly lookout.
1: I yeah, think just Pali lookout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, so we're gonna go
1: there. People have had experiences. We'll do our best. But dude, I'm Morgan's Corner is only the third most haunted place.
0: What's the first first second? one
1: is the poly lookout. Oh, okay. Second one is the locals know not to bring pork through the tunnels of the Nu'uanu <laughs> Pali Highway.
0: That's crazy. <laughs> is that, that's Just the, the normal second. highway. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's haunted more haunted than Megan. Morgan's Corner. I think that's baloney, dude. I'm gonna stop like trying to read these though, because I'm gonna butcher all of them. <laughs> um
0: would you guys rather have spider-man's
1: powers or a hundred million dollars
2: <laughs> um bro i'm going spider-man's powers i think my initial reaction was like give me the money yeah. but then when you like think about it you could definitely leverage those powers for
1: have you seen money? that
2: like TikTok
1: where it's a dude who's like would you take a hundred like a hundred million right now or a dollar every week for the rest of your life and he would be like Pick the dollar. That's passive income.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've seen those. Yeah. That's funny. So he's just mocking that. Yeah, yeah, dude.
1: That's what I think of Spider-Man powers. That's passive income, bro. <laughs> I'm like Reed in that.
0: Originally, I was like, bro, 100 mil. But then you think about it. And you're like, okay, yeah. You could use your powers to make money. What is the best
1: way to make money
0: with your Spider-Man powers?
1: Rob from the rich and give to the poor, which is myself. So,
0: <laughs> But like what rich people? Oh. In a video game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The cartels did. <laughs> they, I just, still like drugs and resell.
0: Is that essentially it though? Just straight to crime. Well, Superman I mean, here's powers? the thing. If I
1: have powers, my ethics are going to change. Because, <laughs> I mean, where there's great power, there's zero <laughs> responsibility.
2: <laughs> I don't have any uncles. I'm close enough to have to tell yeah, me I and think die in front of me. If I were to use those powers, it would be not in the U.S. Yeah, it would have to be in some like yes, actually lawless country. <laughs> yes,
0: like Canada, not. Uh, no, I I agree with Reed. I would straight up go to like Southeast Asia and just wreak havoc on bad people. Oh yeah, <laughs> like
1: not feel well, but about also it. like, are you starting out as you are now, but yes. with those powers, or yeah. are you like a trained assassin? With no, those like literally tonight you have okay, the powers. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, I'm still taking the powers for sure, but not in the U.S. I S. I don't trust the government. Dude.
0: So we were <laughs> discussing this with dj and he was like dude you just get sponsorships yeah. and i was like so you would be public with your powers because i don't think i would be i don't want anyone to know because i do not think you live a free normal life if people
1: know you have superman power or the spider-man powers well here's the thing yeah if you do have powers you have to take either a super private life where nobody knows mm. or you have to go 100 public otherwise you're going to get captured and have experiments are on, on you there maybe there's a happy medium where
0: you can display your powers in a muted way
1: yeah so that you
0: just look like you're insanely talented <laughs> that's what i was <laughs> thinking Because,
2: <laughs> like i don't know if you've seen the incredibles the end of the first incredible movies like dash is like just slow down, slow like down. Like he's like slowing himself down so he gets third in the race. Yeah. <laughs> if you like mute your powers in a way that allows you to be extremely successful. But. So
1: it's successful in what though? If you have those powers, what are you going to be most successful? What's in? the
0: most bang for your buck? And I, it's sports, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Which sport players are paid the most? Probably soccer. I was thinking, yeah, soccer or boxing, probably or fighting in some because sort of martial yeah, arts I something. would say boxing over MMA because. Um, uh, you only have to do one fight every like year, true, and you're making a hundred million dollars off of that
0: like it would take you a minute to get to the level where yeah. you're getting prize fights, but I think you'd become such a gimmick because like you'd come out of nowhere, we're not none of us are like insanely like ripped, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, so it's like we'd look like normal people, bro, I am the gypsy king bro. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that is the best. You just box and then use your Spidey sense to dodge
1: everything. Yeah. Or soccer, though. Like, I feel like soccer would be, a like, a good way. If you were good enough, and, like, if you see, like, the top ten highest paid athletes, f- six out of the ten are going to be soccer players. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I
0: think boxing might be the GOAT. Because I I I can't kick a ball with Boxing accuracy. would be the easiest.
1: Yeah. yeah. It would definitely be the easiest
0: yeah like if you're if you have spider-man powers can you kick balls with accuracy like is that just given to you spidey said i think it's just like reflexes control.
2: so if you're like basing it off of the skill of reflex and fighting oh like for the sure easiest transition.
1: yeah you just gotta maybe like strengthen your fist or something yeah just so that when you punch it it's like yeah because if you start out with those powers as you are right now are you the toby Maguire where next morning you're ripped Yes. Or Are you I want that one. <laughs> I want that one. For myself. Yeah. For myself, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that.
0: Dude, I, I saw that all over IG. It was like everywhere. People were discussing that.
1: And most people were like, 100 mil, easy. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I think I'd go Spider-Man powers. For sure. Yeah. The spider sense alone, spidey
0: sense mm-hmm. alone, you could detect any danger that's going to happen to you. True. That's invaluable. Oh, yeah. And you could easily monetize. Yeah. If it translated to video games,
1: I'd become a professional video game player. Like, if you have Spidey sense, like, that someone's going to snipe you from the back. Yeah, yeah. And you're, like, all of a sudden, like, dodging it. Like, this is the actual Matrix at that point. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, heated argument.
0: I'm sure, I'm sure, we'd love to hear your thoughts, listeners. (laughs) Um, Dude, let's just do a short one. All right. Do you want to get into stories? Let's go. All right. All right, so since it's going to be a short one, let's just get into it. Now we roll our 20-sided die to determine in what order we tell our stories first. Highest number goes.
3: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. (sighs) I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try, give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, hel pcom slash 3am. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at CiampaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at CiampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. First. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I threw mine and it immediately bounced out. And the numbers are?
2: I cannot see. 11. Six nine.
0: nine okay so the order is Charlie Sean and, Reed. Then, and then read if he has anything <laughs> yeah. do you guys remember what was getting your license like
1: like the first time what do you or mean like when time? I renewed it <laughs> like when you were 16 yeah Oh, I didn't get my license until I was like 19 dude. bro tell us about that why not because I didn't really like care to drive legally i was just lawless dude where did you live (laughs) i lived all over the place like if i got
0: caught i was gonna move from 16 to 19 where were you living the most
1: uh ohio and arizona and you straight up just drove illegally yeah i had a permit what the freak (laughs) but the only reason i got the license was because i needed to get on a plane to go to the philippines i got it the week before i left had I not passed the test, I wouldn't have gone. Oh my
2: gosh, <laughs> that's funny. I feel <laughs> like half of my friends like drove themselves to their test, and then they failed. And they just drove home. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> it's so funny. snitch, self snitching at its finest. <laughs> just the feeling of
0: freedom, though. You go from like 15 and then to 16, being able to drive. Yeah. You guys remember that? Yeah. Dude, the second I got my car and driver's license i was gone literally all the time <laughs> exploring everything i could i'd drive like out of the state I'd, I'd go everywhere i was just exploring it's like the best feeling ever um i have just a couple random stories one of them i got today the first one is my so i played on the water polo team in high school and what the water polo team was known for was drugs. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so, like, the biggest drug dealers were on the team at the time. And I'll just call him M. He was super nice kid. White kid. And uh, he had a van, like, before vans were a thing. But his van was, like... <laughs> like a nasty... You know,
1: like, you know they're trying to kidnap somebody. Yeah, it wasn't, like, it. a
0: cool sprinter van. It was, like a like, a Sierra... <laughs> Or what's the brand of van? Like an Astro van. Yeah, Yeah, Plymouth Voyager. I literally (laughs) think it might have been that. So anyway, he would always like ditch school. Random people would go with him to smoke or do whatever nefarious activities that 16-year-olds are up to. And he told me this story that one time He it was like late at night. And if you have stoner friends... Everything to do with marijuana and smoking weed is so ritualistic. It's ridiculous, right? <laughs> so all of my friends were the biggest potheads in high school. And, like, when they wanted to smoke, it was a whole ordeal. And it starts with, like, hunting for the perfect place. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You grew up in you yeah. went to high school in Oregon, so you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, they're, like, you know, they just got their weed and they're looking for a spot. And finally they find this, like, dimly lit, super in the back parking lot somewhere like away from a main road and they're like yes perfect so they're like four deep in the van and so they pull into the parking lot they park they probably like open the door so it doesn't smell too bad in the van and they're just you know they start their sesh <laughs> and as they're smoking a car had come into the parking lot with the lights off Sus. and they didn't realize until the car Pulls right alongside of them. <laughs> Immediately, they all freeze and like stare like, is this a cop? Mm. Is this a narc? Is this a pervert? You know, is this serial killer? Is this a gang member? Who knows? And they see the man driving, and he looks over at them, and they just stare at him, and he nods. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. We're cool. <laughs> He's probably just looking for a place to smoke too. And as they they kind of like resume their activities the guy pulls out a glass pipe and a (laughs) blowtorch and they were like and we sat there and watched this man smoke crack (laughs) he just starts smoking crack and uh they were they like quickly turn on the van like dude we're out of (laughs) here like this is another caliber so they took off Never forgot that story. I just thought it was so funny. They they said they were all just staring at him. And while he's staring at them, he just starts smoking crack out of a pipe. I was like, good hell. What a flex. (laughs) Another story. Uh, My little sister lived in Hawaii for either a little under a year over a year. I can't remember, but a considerable amount of time. She made friends with a lot of locals. She made friends with a lot of transient people. And one of the people she befriended while she was in Hawaii was like, she said he was like a 100th generation Hawaiian or something. You know, just like the oldest mm-hmm. that you could get that's there. And that's pretty rare to yeah. get. So he grew up knowing the island front to back. He knows every place. They were hanging out on the North Shore. And kind of without giving my sister a lot of, they were pretty good friends at this point. So she like knew him, trusted him. But without giving her a whole lot of context, he was like, hey, let's go. Uh, let's go for a drive. I want to show you something. She's like, all right, let's go. Seems, yeah. She hops in the uh, Toyota Tacoma 2003. (laughs) And they just start driving up into the jungle. And at first the road's paved. And then eventually the road's not paved. And then eventually it's like hardly a road. They're just up in the jungle and they go all the way up a mountain. They're like, keep going, keep going. They're vibing. They're just playing music. Nothing's weird. Finally, they come to a point where, like, they can't go forward anymore. I can't remember. She said there's a gate, but they stop at some sort of something, either like a post or a gate or something, and they are out there. Turn the truck off. And my sister Heather's like, yo, what are we doing? He goes, hold on. Just wait. So they get out of the car, walk around to the front of the truck. She's like, where are we going? And he's like, just wait. And she said, as she's sitting there, the jungle's loud. Yeah. All sorts of things. She said it felt like it started to get quieter and quieter. Uh. And the vibe was changing. So, again, she's a little uneasy. She looks over at her friend. She's like, yo, what, like straight up, what are we doing here? He's like, hold on. I'm just checking. And within like a minute of saying that, three trucks come pull up the path behind them. And a security guard gets out. Oh, shoo, dude. And he goes, like, hey, brother, what are you doing here? He's like full Hawaiian. So in broken or pidgin English, they start speaking back and forth. And Heather said, basically, they were just like, the security guard was like, bro, what are you doing here? You know you're not supposed to be here. And he's like, oh, we're just, you know, just checking it out. And he goes, you guys got to leave. Like, you can't be here. The interaction happens. It's pretty quick. It's pretty friendly. But it's very clear. The guy's like, you got to go. Yeah. You cannot be here, and you know you shouldn't be here. And they get in the car and they leave. That's pretty much the end of the story. So I was like, what do you think it was? She's like, bro, I've thought about this so much. Like, I don't know what it was. Her guess is he went there knowing, I think even the security guard says, like, you know we have cameras out here. Because her theory is that they went out there, and she thinks he was waiting to see if they would come. And if they didn't come, they would have proceeded to something. She thinks it could have been like some dope local spot. Only locals know. No one else is allowed to go there. Only Hawaiians are allowed there. Something like that. Um, But that's what she thinks. When she was telling me that, I immediately start thinking of forbidden places in Hawaii. And the first thing that came to my mind, this could be completely untrue. But I was thinking, you know, the ancient royalty of Hawaii would never, ever, ever tell anyone where they were buried. Mm, Only yeah. one family was, like, entrusted mm-hmm. with that. And so I was, like, immediately, I was, like, it's probably, like, a site, like, an archaeological site or something. And that Hawaiian dude knew if they didn't come, that it was
2: safe to go. Yeah. So like,
0: he was just chilling, waiting. But unfortunately, they did come. Or fortunately.
2: I don't know. Yeah. That, that whole interaction, like, reminded me all the time hiking in Southern Oregon with my friends. Like, we would always... Be out in the middle of like rural southern Oregon, northern California, and we'd always roll up on like some like massive like weed field, <laughs> and like people would come out with guns and be like, oh, "You guys frick. need Then we'd be like, "Okay, my bad."
0: Yeah, yeah, bye. <laughs> Do you have any more like of
2: that stuff? No, but it just it would happen at least like once or twice a year. Oh, my. holy! Because they're just growing so much there. Oh yeah, that especially like off of i-5 that goes up like from la all the way up to vancouver i was gonna say if you drive with the windows down you can just be like yeah oh yep <laughs> yeah so like we would be we'd go hiking all the time in the summer and in the fall and we'd always end up like at least once a year like run into like a big field and people that's being, like, wild you gotta get out of here i have like an irrational fear of accidentally
0: rolling up on someone's field and like not having a good a- interaction you know what i mean yeah it's crazy because Leeds weagle <laughs> <laughs> She's louise dude Weed legal leads, dude. in uh california and oregon now but when we were in high school it was not legal yeah. and the whole weed game was way different mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i had friends who grew i had friends who had in a video game this is not real i had friends <laughs> who had like grow houses where like three rooms of their house was like for growing weed and they were constantly in fear of like getting caught up by the feds you know what i mean yeah and now it's just like my I know you know, like grandmas who like are <laughs> growing a couple plants Just in their, their garden. That's so crazy how fast that changed. But I knew someone who, when she was in high school, her boyfriend was like, hey, let's go for, they." he lived like near foothills mm-hmm. in Central Valley. Actually, I think this is up north in um, near Santa Cruz. But he's like, hey, let's go for like a ride on the four wheeler out in the country. And she's like, dope, let's go. So they meet up. It's going to be like this date. It's her boyfriend, you know? Mm. And he like hands her a backpack. What's that for? Oh, you'll see. Oh, no. Jump on the back <laughs> of the four-wheeler. They go through. They're remote. You know, they like take the four-wheeler to a, a fire road, which is like unpaved roads up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, And then they take the four-wheeler from there, like way off path, like crazy far out there. And she's like, okay, like this is fun, but like what's going on? We're, <laughs> we've been driving for like 30 minutes on this four-wheeler. And then finally they come up over a ridge. And she sees like a huge crop. And he like turns it off. And he's like, okay, we got to walk the rest of the way. And he's like, open your bag. Opens it. It's just shears. <laughs> and like gloves. And he's like, grab as much as you can and let's go. And she's like, holy shit. And they just run into the field, <laughs> grab as much wheat as they can. They fill two Jan boards up and just jump on it take off. Damn. Just like a fun story. Until, like, it could have gone really bad. Yeah, it could have, yeah. yeah.
1: So. Bro, also, you just carrying a bag with shears
2: in it? Like, I'm checking a bag if someone's <laughs> yeah. giving me a bag, dude. Bro, carry this. I'm like, what's <laughs> in here?
1: Don't worry
3: about
2: it. <laughs> Can I tell a quick story? You please Yeah, do. yeah, Okay, so uh, this is, like, one of my dad's favorite stories to tell. <laughs> um, my dad grew up in North Carolina. Papaloo. Papaloo. Um, and then he waited tables, like, on, in the beach city. Wilmington, North Carolina. It's probably like 30 miles north of where like Outer Banks is shot. Oh, okay. Um, so he grew up. He went to college in that area. Was he a shooby or what, or what are the terms? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sean knows. Uh, give me a second. Keep going. Okay. I'll anyway. Um, was he a ghetto kid or a prep kid or in between? He's probably in between. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, he was, uh, he worked as a waiter with his best friend, Spicer, oh. and he uh, <laughs> they had a house together his spicer's dad was like a real estate developer so they got this cool house kind of like off off of like a little stream that like led into like the cape fear river and uh so they they would just wait tables have a good time and he tells me of this coworker that was recently hired like after he'd been on board for about a year i don't remember his name but he said that this guy was like eccentric and super fun to have around, but everyone knew he was kind of like, he was crazy. Yeah. Anyway, like think could happen when he's around. Yeah. Anyway, he ended up being like, yo, I need a place to stay. And my dad was like, Hey, there's an empty room in our house. Like you can come live with us, you know? So, uh, they're just kind of like watching him be himself and just loving life. Right. It's like summertime, you know, you're with your boys. It's just, like you're having a good time. And, uh, He had this guy, well, let's call him Ben. Ben had all these crazy stories about like, like dealing drugs. And he's like, like I've dealt drugs to all these NBA players, like lists off like high profile NBA players. He's like, Michael (laughs) Jordan, ever heard of him? Seriously, like, well, Michael Jordan, like, lives in Wilmington. Oh, shoot. So Um, probably, I I don't know if it was Michael Jordan, but he was like, these are all the NBA players that I deal with, blah, 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 blah. Always had these crazy stories. And they were all just like, nah, you're just messing. Like, get out of here. (laughs) Anyway, um, so they go back, back home to Raleigh for the for the holidays. Come come back to Wilmington, and uh, they're at work. Ben doesn't have work that day. Ben's off. So Spicer and my my pops are, are waiting tables, and they keep on getting calls from this guy. Like he's calling the restaurant. Like you guys need to get your asses down here. Like come to the house. Come to the house now. Ben is saying come to the house. Ben is like you need to get down here, uh, and. uh <laughs> So they're like, they kind of drop everything. It's kind of like they're about to close anyway. So they head out early and they walk into the door of their home. And my dad said, there's just marijuana everywhere. (laughs) Like fans are blowing. Like like, plants. No, like, like trash bags full of marijuana, like emptied out onto the floor and the table. And they're being dried out. And my dad is like, what is going on? And I guess Ben got tipped off that there was a huge marijuana shipment that got busted and so the crew, they, they were, they were, they were transporting by boat. The crew just started throwing over like bags of marijuana into the river and Ben got heard of it, like got wind of this. And so he got in a kayak or like, a, they had like little boats, <laughs> you know, and just started like, dinghy. just started putting like bet, trash bags full of marijuana into the boat, went home. So they came home and it was just like being dried out everywhere. And, and they were like, but dad was like, you got to get this out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but just like that initial reaction, he's just like, I wonder what Ben's up to, yeah. you know, he's like freaking out, just w- opens the door, just tar- my head's a tarps were being, like laid out and he was just drying all of the, <laughs> all of the weed. Dude, one of my favorite
0: stories out of the documentary Valley uprising
1: okay oh yeah dude that was such a good story so
0: valley uprising is a documentary about the climbing culture in yosemite national park back in like the 60s 70s 80s and just like climbing in general uh-huh. <laughs> and back in like the 70s and 80s it was lawless dirtbags <laughs> straight homeless up. kids they would like steal packets of ketchup to eat eating cat food like um the the local authorities were like combing yosemite valley like looking for them and they would like have to live in all these caves and like move camp every night and stuff like that (laughs) if you have any desire go watch valley uprising one of the the best documentaries it's so fun there's like mythical um characters in utah or not utah yosemite valley (laughs) like there's an old man who like I don't know, 20 plus years was a homeless dude who lived in the valley and like he never got caught. And like, uh-huh. they would go to him and like learn from him. He'd like teach yeah. them how Chong-O to do bro. Is that what his name was? Yeah. Oh, dude, Chuck, you're the best. So help me out with details if I get these wrong. Yeah, yeah. So they create this culture of uh, of rock climbing and just lawlessness and they all like a lot it's of- It's honestly them, a dream.
1: Yeah, like it is. It's that. cool. It
0: sounds, it's like Neverland it with, is, dude. without pirates, but yeah. I guess they did have pirates. They were uh, rangers cops dude (laughs) um so camp four in yosemite is where they would congregate it's where they would train they would have these bouldering rocks get stronger they would share things and techniques and drink and party uh they're all hanging out one day and one of their girlfriends was she like worked in the forestry and it was like to receive signals if like she would be like one of the people yes who switch calls to connect them on like one of the Mm -hmm. switchboards so she's at work one day and she gets this call from come through and it's like mayday mayday a plane has gone down in this crazy like uh high up hard to get to spot in yosemite and it's like a nefarious plane they don't know where it is it has like it's like unmarked and stuff it's very sketch she gets this call she immediately passes it on to the authorities, or something like that and then uh on a break she runs over calls her boyfriend at camp four and she's like yo this plane just went down up in so and so valley you guys should check it out these mofos don't have anything to do so they get up they get all their gear their climbing gear they're the best ones equipped to get to it it's hard to get to and they start on a journey and they get there what they find is a plane gone down and in the plane was hundreds and hundreds pounds of weed like hundreds and hundreds pounds And they see it and they're like holy shit (laughs) <laughs> and they like send someone back or something they're like bro bring every like everyone we trust bring them up here and the weed is in the in a lake and i believe gasoline from the plane had leaked into the lake mm. so they're just like jumping in the water getting as much of the weed out as they can it's wrapped up but like yeah it's kind of getting in there they're so they get it all out get it all out they create this mountain of weed <laughs> and they hike it all out before the authorities can get to it and then when the authorities get there, everything Everything's is gone. gone. <laughs> <laughs> and the authorities like, this is, so they don't, the authorities don't know that there was any weed. Yeah. But they're like, this is, this is odd. <laughs> and so they start questioning all the, all the climbers. And the climbers are like, we, we have no idea. Yeah, dude. But next minute, uh, climbers start showing up with like super expensive stuff. And in fact, some of the climbers took the money they made from selling that weed and they started a small company. And they made that company grow, and that company was Patagonia, yeah, that's <laughs> what, that's what it yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. Like, yeah. oh, I love that. Or like one of them like opened up like uh, like an inn or a hotel or something like that in Utah or not Utah, Yosemite stuff like that. Yeah. But people would smoke this weed because yeah. it's like getting sold everywhere around there, and people would like hear stories of like sparking the joint or something in it because it had gasoline soaked in it. it would be like, <laughs> like ignite, <laughs> burn their beard and that's shit. That's
1: funny. But dude, so fun. That's dude, crazy. Just absolutely lawless in Yosemite, bro. That's <laughs> yeah. freaking please go watch it. Yeah. Valley I watch Uprising. That.
2: Super fun. When have I, you uh, seen that? No, I have. not Dude, you should watch you it. Can watch it's so it, yeah. fun. Okay. When I uh I like followed up with my with my dad about Ben. I was like, whatever happened to Ben?" Like did he just fall off the uh-huh, face yeah. of the earth? And uh He's like, "He's a senator now." <laughs> and uh He was like, "We went to we went back home for winter break." And then returned to Wilmington and uh, there was just like a cheeseburger on the counter, like with a bite bitten out of it and like cola, like soda. And I guess like the FBI had like arrested him on like drug dealer cocaine charges. So my dad was like all those NBA players that my dad was that he had like said that he sold to. He was like, that was probably true. (gasps) He probably rolled on NBA players. (laughs) Yeah. So that like he
0: avoided jail time and then he had to go to like witness protection or something like that.
2: (laughs) That's the classic, like two bites out of the burger. Yeah. Sitting on the the table. Yeah. What What happened here? I'll have to check out that movie though. Oh, it's it's honestly so dope.
0: Sorry for interrupting. No, you're good. I just wanted to
2: (laughs) close the story out.
0: Any more drug, stories? (laughs) drug related stories. I got, I got more. Uh, I was in a car in a dream. I had, (laughs) And uh, they sold this kid like an ounce of shrooms. And he was in a a class younger than me. And we like drove away. We got food and we get a frantic call like two hours later. And he's like, he's like, just I could hear bawling on the other line. And he was like, come help me. Like, come help me. He had eaten all the shrooms. (laughs) And he was convinced the devil was outside of his door trying to get in. Devil
1: probably was, dude. He (laughs) was full on (laughs) terrified yeah probably
0: was (laughs) um another story this kind of goes along with your dad I told this once but it got cut I think it's from an early episode actually I don't I think it just got cut from the episode we used to cut a ton of stories from the episode (laughs) so it's just weird like I I have memories of telling it but they never made it my dad grew up in Orem Provo Utah and uh when he was 16, he said he had pretty rough friends. They were rowdy, right? They were all Mormon, but they were like Jack Mormon. They were all drinking. They're all having sex. They're all pretty rough and tumble. And they all like worked at the same kitchen as dishwashers. And <laughs> do you know that big ass hill that comes from Provo up to Orem? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like driving around there. And the some the restaurant was somewhere around there. So they're working in the back as dishwashers. And the head chef of that restaurant was a super tough Mexican dude I can't remember his name I think it was like Luis and Luis had done a ton of time in prison in California so he's covered in tats he's like five foot one and he is just the toughest mofo (laughs) ever so like he's fun with my dad and his friends but they he also just commands an insane amount of respect from him right so it's either before or after a shift my dad is in the back of a car of his friends there's three of them it's like the driver, I think my dad's in the front seat, and then their homie's in the back. And they're like driving around town, cruising, I don't know what you do. And they pull up to a stop sign, and they're like looking to their left, and there is like 2 uh redneckish looking guys, tough-looking dudes in a truck. And they're just staring at each other. My dad and his friend are staring at them. They're young, they're dumb, they're full of testosterone. <laughs> and as they pull away, all of a sudden these dudes start chasing them and he they are like getting aggressive they're on their tail they're like trying to push him off the road they're like
3: pull over like
0: f- you pull over pull they're screaming at my dad and his friends and they're, they're like what the heck they're older guys they're like 25 my <laughs> my f- dad and his friends are like 16 so like what the heck they don't know what to do my dad like, turn here turn there turn here can't shake these guys till finally the driver is just like i uh, i'm going to this restaurant i'm going to the restaurant <laughs> so they pull into the restaurant the truck pulls in behind them And these guys are like, we're going to kill you. Like, we're going to kill you. So they pull in. They pull in behind. The guy in the back jumps out of the car, runs inside. And my dad and his friend are like, yo, yo, like, what's going on? We don't know what's going on. The guys jump out of the car. It's like two or three guys, big guys. Like, we're going to beat your ass. We're going to kill you. And they're like, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, boom, back of the restaurant door bursts open. And Luis comes out. And he has a frying pan in one hand and a butcher knife in the other hand. And in Spanish, he's like,
1: chingate like,
0: go. <laughs> goes off. And he just runs like right in front of my dad and his friends. And he gets in between them and these big guys. And he's like looking up at them. And he's like, What mother? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he looks over at my dad's other friend and he goes, Go get me the hot grease. And oh, so he, oh, runs into the, he runs into the the restaurant and he's just screaming at him. He's like, we're not going to have an issue here. And they're like, dude, there's two of us. Like, we're going to kill you, Mexican. You know, I'm sure they said some racial epithets or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, dad's friend comes back out with a pan of hot grease, gives it to Luis or Raul. I think it was Raul. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Luis grabs the pan, looks at it for half a second, looks back at him. And he's just like, you better leave. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. you. better leave. They're scared. Finally, he convinces them enough. They get in their truck and they go away. And he looks over at my dad's friend and he's like, I told you to get me the hot grease. And yeah. he throws the pan at him because <laughs> the pan was just full of just like coals. coals like- <laughs> fat. But this dude was legitimately ready to like throw hot grease oh, on someone bro, and just kill him. Savage. Yeah, I know. Uh, so yeah, my, my dad was saved that day. Luis is like, why were they chasing you? Like what yeah. was going on? And the guy who jumped out, who was in the back of the car, he was like, uh, I think that was my fault. And they're like, why? Apparently, as they pulled away from the light, he just flipped them off in the back of the car. <laughs> and my dad and the driver had no idea. Yeah. So, he was just in the back and he's like. <laughs> and then that's when they were like, oh, let's go kill these kids. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Okay, my last story. Okay, sorry. No, no, no. Don't be sorry. <laughs> uh, This got told to me today. So, before I start it, when you guys moved to Utah, like Utah has such a specific culture, right? It's pretty diverse in all of Utah. Like most people would think Mormon, right? Yeah. Inside of Utah, there is something called Utah Valley, (laughs) which is like even way more intense. There's like such a strong culture. And that's like near BYU or Brigham Young University. I would say like 99% of everyone who's there is Mormon. Everyone grew up in like the Mormon church. Tr- so it's like it has such a strong and specific culture. It's crazy. It's like the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. Uh, we all are not from here. So when you move here, it's a huge culture shock. It is a culture shock. And you learn all these like customs and terms that are just like solidified in the, in the culture here. And some <laughs> of them are like the Provo push. <laughs> uh, I think
1: it's updated now. I think it's called derfing.
0: There's derfing, there's soaking, there's provo pushing, there's jumping. <laughs> have you heard of jumping? No. Okay, so if you are uncomfortable with sexual things, grow oh, up. Could you please? Could you please not? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna get into these. The provo. Pu- so in the Mormon church, we believe uh, you should wait till marriage to have sex. Naturally, everyone just wants to bone and everyone has hormones. <laughs> so it's like on everyone's mind, how do I get around this, right? Yeah. So Mormon kids devise as many ways as they possibly can (laughs) to, like, get as close as they can to having sex without actually having sex. Rightfully so. All these coin terms. I've never actually known anyone to do these. I think they're kind of urban legends, but I
1: do think they they happen. I think they do happen, like, after having lived around BYU. So the Provo push is basically dry humping, right? So you both have clothes
0: (laughs) on, and you just, like, dry hump until you get off. Yeah. (laughs) Soaking... Is when you, the man, the male, puts his penis in the female. dock, and, and you do not move. <laughs> yeah. You just lie there still. Uh, oh, is, shit, dude.
1: What? Sean just looked up something. <laughs> the Provo push. During a Mormon soaking session. So this is during the soak. Ah, sorry. A third party pushes up on the mattress under you both to initiate thrusting. Oh, dude. That's basically what jumping is.
0: Oh, really? really? (laughs) So, you... Okay, jumping is when a male puts his penis inside the female. And then someone, (laughs) your homie, your closest homie, gets on the bed with you two and starts jumping so that there is some movement going on. (laughs) Is that real? By thus doing that, (laughs) you are not
2: committing sin, right?
0: That's crazy. Right? That's the idea.
2: (laughs) I I had two friends at BYU that... Just jumped to anal because yeah. they thought that wasn't having sex. Bro, isn't that crazy? You're like, that's chill. Yeah. That's not breaking any rules. Soaking.
1: <laughs> like planking, only your dick is inside a Mormon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's derfing? Derfing is the uh, dry humping. Okay. Yeah. We all
0: know these terms. They're like <laughs> things we joke about. They're not actually true, but I do think they happen, right? They're like an urban legend.
2: <laughs> when I played for BYU, there was this, a corner kick play. We called it the Provo Push. <laughs> That's
0: lit, dude. That's I love tough. that. We <laughs> played uh, soccer for BYU, in case no one cares. Uh, I heard a new one today. Oh. And unknowingly, when we lived in the trap house, sometimes- you did this? Sometimes we did this. Oh, Fred. <laughs> <Sean>, dude, what <laughs> did we do <laughs> It's called chastity checking. So what is chastity for a non-Mormon friends? Chastity is like uh, not boning. <laughs> <laughs> chastity is when you wait till marriage. So chastity checking is when you drive around with your homies and you go to all the parking lots oh, up in the yeah. mountains. Yeah, we did do that. And you, spot, you spotlight people who are making out. So up and around <laughs> BYU, there's all these parking lots that are notorious for people to go make out in. Right? <laughs> So, chastity checking is when you and your single loser friends <laughs> who don't have girlfriends and are mad at the world, you go interrupt that
1: any way you can, right? See, but ours was not done to check the chastity. Ours was done to troll the non chastity. Yeah. There you go. You were trolling for Jesus. Because we were <laughs> trolling for the Lord. So, my homie Ethan today,
0: uh, maybe I did. T- <laughs> Whatever. (laughs) My homie Ethan today was telling me this one time. He was chastity checking with his friends. They were younger. They were like 16. They got their license. It's fun. They're doing all this new cool stuff. (laughs) And they had, dude, they just had the greatest night. They were going to all like so many packed parking lots. They were like turning their brights on. You pull right up to the front of cars, turn your brights on. And it's funny to watch them try to hide. (laughs) And it's getting near nearing the end or later in the night. And they're like, bro, there's like one more parking lot way up there. And I bet there's someone up there. Let's go check. It's probably Squaw Peak and probably was. (laughs) Probably. And the way that this parking lot is set up is it has one road in. There's only one road in. And you follow this long, pretty narrow road in. And it opens up to this little parking lot. And there's like a building that is a bathroom and a couple of parking spots. So (laughs) it kind of looks like this.
1: (laughs) Oh, our visual aid.
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> so they drive in along here right okay yeah, yeah yeah. and they can see the parking lot all the spots and they look pretty empty and they're they're like dang it no one's there so they're thinking about turning around as they're turning around they see a car poking out on the other side of the bathroom they thought they got away they thought they got away and bro they are stoked they're like oh yes dude we're gonna get these guys <laughs> oh, no. and so they pull up right in front of the car they're facing Nose to nose with this car, and they flick on the brights and they all scream at the top of their lungs because what they see is this is how he described it a dead body sitting pressed up against the driver's window, almost against the windshield, completely ghost white, eyes open, rolled back in the back of their head, mouth open, limp. What the? <sighs> So they all are like,
3: yo, what the
0: is that? Like, is that dude dead? (laughs) Driver, reverse, starts to take off down that road. Everyone's freaked out. And one of them's like, no, 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 F that, dude. Like, we we got to call the cops. Like, we got to call the cops. It's like, okay, let's wait here and call the cops. So they decide to turn around. They turn around. They pull back into the parking lot, and they're going to stay on the other side of the parking lot. But they pull in. And they no longer can see the nose of the car. So they pull all the way up. Car's gone.
1: Oh, frick, frick the- dude.
0: That's nuts. And the kid who told me that day, he's like, dude, I have no way. I have no idea how or what happened. But he's like, I was there. I saw it. That's crazy." And he's like, I have a video of some one of my friends is filming himself as it happens. Oh, frick,
2: it? dude. Heck yeah. Okay, so I'll just show you. Chastity checking girls.
0: It's two girls making out. This is actually weird. Oh, what the Oh, fuck? My oh holy shit. My God. What
4: the
0: So if you listen, watch. What? are they dead? Oh my... they... That's all he filmed because he stopped filming. Yeah. But that's the second they realize like something's not chill.
2: Oh shit Well,
3: you can so you hear like you you can can the, hear the car, car like, like yeah. yeah. So one more thing.
0: We're They're having fun. They're pulling up girls making out this is actually weird and then you can hear the driver going away
2: oh, <laughs> the way <laughs> he looks down, like, the like the
0: last <laughs> frame yeah. he doesn't look like he's having fun anymore <laughs> but that's the story he's like dude I have no idea where the car went there's like nowhere it could have gone
1: but it was straight up just gone bro you got to be careful out there chastity checking people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway crazy. shout
0: out ethan for that story that was it creeped me out i was like oh that is dude. creepy what the freak dude it's one of my biggest fears i've said this time and time again but i do not want to come across a dead body
1: oh yeah
2: we talked about this DJ was I full
1: do. on yeah i want to see a dead body dude, i'm my, like i think that would be kind of cool and
2: you're like nah i know i don't want to do it like because i would see it later on in my life like like in my head Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Every, like, time he clo- tra- <laughs> every time you close your eyes, you'd see it. You know? Yeah.
1: No, it's not that bad. <sighs> okay, Sean. <laughs> like a freshly killed body man. Oh my gosh. Like- <laughs> no, I'm not down. So anyway,
0: he he's just like, dude, I have no idea. He was in the car with them and he was like, I have no idea. But he said it was like the the guy was like white as a sheet, pressed up against the glass, mouth, uh. eyes open, but like he said it looked like a corpse.
1: And he was just they they all freaked the F. Uh, you know what they should have done was <laughs> got a freaking license plate Oof. before it disappeared. True. Nobody's because yeah, there's nowhere that
0: car could have gone. That's what he said. And he's like, dude, they didn't pass us. They know 100, and there was like nowhere for it to go, but it was straight up not there anymore. And that's uh, the tale of the ghostly chastity check, dude, <laughs> in uh, Provo, Utah. So there we go. That was a real spooker, dude. <laughs> and that, that's me tonight. Cool. Who's next?
1: All right, guys. I'm taking us out to Texas. Oh. Kevin's Texas. Chaos. <laughs> so our story comes from someone, we'll call her Ashley. And she is moving from New Orleans to Eugene, Oregon. So she's driving in her however long, like what are the increments of a U-Haul? Like a nine-footer, 14-footer. Something like that. She's like in a 14-foot U-Haul with herself and her dog. And she's making the long drive from New Orleans to Eugene. And at the point where this happens, she's out in butt f- nowhere, Texas. <laughs> Which is like half of Texas. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing for miles. And she's just doing her thing, probably, you know, listening to music, driving through this desert wasteland, and starts to, like, Think about it. And she's like, I'm probably going to run out of gas here pretty quick. She starts to look down at like her gas meter and it's getting close to empty. She starts to kind of low-key freak out a little bit. And then she sees a sign that is like, okay, there's this little town in one mile. So she pulls off, heads into the town, the one gas station that's there, no stoplights. <laughs> We're talking stop signs, town only. There's like four roads. So she stops at the gas station, she fills up, she's good. Crisis averted. She gets back in the U-Haul and she starts to head back to the interstate. Only she can't find her way back. She starts like circling around this town, going each of these four roads that make up the entire town, and is growing more and more frustrated she cannot find her way back to the interstate. She can see it off in the distance, but for the life of her, she cannot figure out how to get back. So she heads back to the gas station. Now, before she had just paid at the pump. So she didn't like go in. She stops. She gets out of the car and goes into the gas station. And there's like this 17, 18 year old boy, like sitting at the, uh, like register, register, and nothing like no like red flags pop out. He's just kind of like sitting there reading a magazine, dark black hair kind of combed over his like face. Like she uh walks up to him and asks, Hey, how do I get back to the interstate? and he doesn't look up at her at all, just keeps like reading his magazine. He's like, He's like, okay, this is what you gotta do. You get on this road, you'll go about 17 miles at this point it's going to curve back around towards the interstate. And she's kind of like I just got off of the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> should be right there. It should be right there. And he kind of just waves it off like you can you can follow my directions or 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 not. That's your choice. Yeah. But this whole time not looking up at her and he's like yeah, no, it just curves right back around. It's super weird, but like waves her off. So she like turns around and steps out of the gas station and immediately starts having this panic attack. Like, her first thought was, There's no way. There's no way I have to head out into the desert to get back to the interstate. And her second thought was, I don't know what this guy's intentions were, but they're not good. Hmm. So she heads back to the U-Haul, hops back into the front seat and starts to break down, starts crying. She's like, I don't know what to do, like short of knocking on doors. Like that's the only thing I can do in this tiny little town. She's terrified to do that. So she's sitting there crying, not sure what to do. And this beater, like red pickup pulls into the parking lot and kind of hesitantly, but also like urgently, she jumps out of the car and like runs over to this truck and this big dude like steps out like boots, flannel, like beard. And she looks at him and she said that she saw kindness in his eyes. So she like walks up to him and like, hey, I don't know how to get back to the interstate. Like, can you tell me how to get back? And the guy like kind of recognizing that she was freaked out, mm. he kind of like calms her down by making her laugh. Like, oh yeah, it's super hard to find. Like you come out of this like concrete tunnel around one of the roads and it's a hairpin turn that takes you right back. And she's like starting to already become a little more relieved, and uh, then out of curiosity, she was like, "What what would happen if I took this road about seventeen miles out?" And he's like, he kind of gives her like this weird like like concerned look, and he's like, "How how do you know about that road? Like only locals know," and. She's like, the guy in the gas station told me that's how I get back to the interstate. And he looks at her and he says, no, that'll take you the wrong way. And it dead ends out in the desert by a bunch of beat up old cars and trailers. And it's really all owned by this one family and basically meth heads and like drug dealers. And that's it. Yikes. Mm. And she starts to kind of like, freak out saying hey yeah uh, this guy in the gas station just told me that's how i get back to the interstate at this point he uh was like do you have a map and she's like no i only had like map this is like 2010 yeah <laughs> so he like pulls it like his like beat up old map out of the truck and like spreads it out and like shows her the route she would have taken and it's straight up just dead out, dead ends out in the middle of the desert and he's like no you need to take this hairpin turn it'll take you right back to the interstate it's about a quarter of a mile And she's like, okay, takes the route, gets back to the interstate and makes her way to Oregon, survives. But this close, close encounter with, and she didn't even talk to the guy at the cash register Like after that, probably didn't want to. And she doesn't know what his intentions were, if he was going to rob her or worse. But since we don't have DJ, I thought it was fitting that trust your gut was What she went with. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Not okay. Oh, dude. I would run in there and be like,
0: I would demand answers, bro.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I would too, but also I'm not like a 20-year-old girl. True. Out in the middle of Texas. That is my privilege.
0: Yeah. That's creepy. That is creepy. Yeah, I didn't like that. Like this I'm not saying this is what it was, but There has long since been believed, like, networks on the open roads of people who, like, work together. Yeah. So, either, like, truck drivers or even (sighs) gas gas station attendants. But it's, like, people who, like, work together to get victims and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you find someone who's alone, it's very easily he could have been, like, the guy who sends people.
1: Yeah, the spotter. Open
0: roads scare me because it is lawless like if you guys have ever gone on long road trips dude yeah you're out there with no one and like if you something were to happen to you the cop's not coming for hours do you yeah. know what i'm saying yeah it's like in a way it's like open waters or whatever it's like it's pretty lawless like i used to drive between california and las vegas all the time and even that is like fairly populated but there are stretches that are like 100 miles of like nothing yeah or these little shanty towns
1: uh yeah it creeps me out yeah <sighs> No, I didn't like it at all. And I have to like kind of rein back myself too, because I don't necessarily feel in danger when I'm driving or like out in the middle of nowhere, but I have to be like, well, you're also a six foot two, like yeah. scary looking dude. Yeah. So probably less likely someone will mess with you and you're also all kind of paranoid anyway. Yeah. So
0: I'm a tiny cutie pie, you know. So <laughs> I'm ripe for to those taking advantage of
2: <laughs> for creeping on. i don't think people realize like how big the u.s is oh yeah how much empty space there is especially in the west like the west side okay i have a question
0: and this could be very dumb so please correct me but you know when people talk about overpopulation as an issue yeah it's like dude we're all concentrated in
2: like eight spots yeah yeah in the u.s it's like if we spread out a little i know i feel like if it came down to it there's plenty of room yeah yeah it's true (laughs) Now, I get like, yeah,
0: there's resources and there's fresh water, which is like the biggest issue. But anyway, everyone just when you fly, you just look out the window and you're like, no one is out here. Yeah. (laughs) This is just empty spots. Like, the most egregious example of that, I think, is like Australia. Like, 99%. And when I say these numbers, obviously, I'm not. They're not correct. (laughs) Dude, fact, I kind of recently realized I need to be better at like when I communicate (laughs) because I just exaggerate and I like. It's just the way I communicate, yeah. and if you actually stop and fact check me, I'm wrong 99% of the time. Even that is, <laughs> is an overstep. Anyway, most of the population in Australia lives like on the rim, mm. and then the middle, there's, there's just no one. Yeah, No and one in yeah.
1: lawless, dude.
0: But yeah, those type of uh, environments freak me out. No, I get that. Because you're
1: alone, dude. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I'm glad Ashley made it to Oregon. She
1: did make it. And her puppy. Yeah. And who knows? It was Hills Have Eyes out in Texas. Ugh, that's a
2: drive.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a mission. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. Do we wrap it up right now and record another episode? Or do we
1: finish? <laughs> real quick. I do have a story for our patrons. Oh, oh yes. So um, if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com the 3AM pod and uh, sign up so you can hear this story. It's a real spooky Spooky story. Cool. <laughs> so I actually heard this from my dad. Oh, about you told me about this. I'm so stoked. <laughs> this is about, oh, uh, it's probably about
0: a week ago. Can was, I say something real quick? What up? When we first met Sean, Sean goes, dude, my dad has the scariest story. I was like, I'm a hoe for scary stories. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you got it. this is before any idea of the podcast ever. I was like, you got
1: to tell me. And he's like, he made me promise
0: I would never tell. Ooh, and this and is Sean it? has kept that promise.
1: And this is not that story. Yeah. So <laughs> this isn't that story. But Sean was
0: like, my dad told me a story he said I could
1: tell. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so this is a, this is a, maybe a little bit lighter than that one. So this happened to him down before they moved up here to Utah, because they moved up to Utah in about August or so. And they were living in Arizona. before. And we're back. Like I said, if you're not a patron... Be a patron. Sorry. I'm not trying to like, you know, force you into doing that, but like you're missing out on good stories. So hey yo. <laughs> That's it for me
0: tonight. Cool. Let's wrap this up. All right. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of 3 a.m. Uh we love, we appreciate you guys. Um yeah. And with that, bye, love you, be safe. Be careful out there. What's your sign-off, dog? Yeah, dude. Bye. Oh. <laughs> Rain, dude. Honestly. Okay.
1: Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3 A.M. Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at
1: ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello,
1: this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy,